0: This Sunday, August 20th of 2023. We want to thank you all for being and connecting with us at Life Nation. Uh, It's truly, um, it's a joy to know that God is with us. Even through all of the human experience, knowing that the presence of the Almighty God doesn't leave us, nor does he forsake us. So in the process of understanding the different seasons and the times of this land and this earth of this uh, planet, we're here to dwell upon. We know that God speaks to us in mysteries. God speaks to us, you know, like as the scripture says in Amos, um, surely he will do nothing on the earth unless he shows his servants, those who are prophetically uh, gifted by him. The almighty so on that let's pray i thank god for prophet shante who was one of the first true prophets i've encountered in my humanity so we want to thank you all for today god bless you all heavenly father this message is heavy i won't i'll just tell you lord you gave me this some 25 years ago and lord we pray oh god even as we reshare this thing there's greater things that are being built upon as your spirit is speaking to this message, so that we can understand the time and the season that we are in, Lord. Help us not to go into this current time and in the future with a blindfold on. Father, help us to take the blinders off our eyes to be able to see and discern and to act upon ways that help protect our heart and our soul in our spirit in such volatile times of humanity and invention. Lord God, we pray that you would bring peace that passes all understanding as we share this message, this lecture, this series, this uh, uh, life-changing uh, technology that is really on our heads. So God, let those who would be a part of this broadcast hear and listen and be studious Lord God, take notes and to apply the things that are shared here within, study for themselves, understand what we are dealing with in this present age and the very near future. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, so here we are in session three of this lecture series. I I I would call this Prophetic Masterclass, uh, Invasion of the Soul Snatchers. Those of you who have been with us in the... um, First, this is the third lecture in this particular series. Um, If I gave a subtitle, the subtitle for this particular series we call The Handlers. The Handlers. So there's so much to share. So I don't really have a lot of time to go over past reviews. But I will say that this whole series is based on a dream that God gave me in the season between 98 and 99. It was a very extended series, uh, dream life, felt like I was cuckoo, a nut job back then. People kind of concurred with that. But however, things that have transpired over the last 25 years since 1998 have fallen verbatim into things that God has, been me, has had me to dream about years ago. So here I am to share these things with you. Uh, we shared the very first of six segments of this dream, extended dream, last week week. So we're going to start off with um, the second component of this dream this week. But let me just give you a little background for those who might be here for the first time. Thank you for sharing this broadcast. Uh, thank you for just sharing it wide. Those who will replay it, just replay it in your time when your mind is open to hear what God is saying, okay? So invasion of the soul snatchers. Number one, the soul. What is a soul? The soul is a spiritual essence of a person. It includes one's identity, their personality, their senses, their will, their intelligence, and even their memories. Okay? So, in other words, it's an immaterial aspect of the human human experience. It's not material, but it transcends the human body, okay? And that's something that's very important for us to understand. Now, as we go into it, that's the soul. Why are we talking about this? Let's talk about programming. Okay, Programming is important. We're talking about invasion of the soul snatchers, the handlers. So let's look at what that is. We're talking about programming. A like Programming is it refers to the technological process for telling a computer system which tasks to perform in order to solve problems. Okay. Long story short, if you look at it from the standpoint of AI as we're dealing with in this current age that we're in is that basically it's a collaboration between humans and computers which humans create instructions for a computer to follow. Humans create instructions for a computer to follow in a language or code as we say for computers to understand. So that's programming. Invasion of the soul snatchers deals with those who do programming literally to take on to crap the not to crap to to grasp to take hold of the human soul, okay? So well, the Lord gave me a word, another word, uh, between last night and this morning, and the word He gave me was "handler." We know that we have handlers in this earth, all right? You know, a handler. What is a handler? H A N D L E R. Handler. handler. base is a person who has immediate charge of an animal, especially in this particular hit. It shows a person ex- who exhibits. Animals at shows or at field trials. That's a handler. <laughs> Basically, come from a zoologist standpoint. You know, it's somewhat like you see the lion when you look at the go to the circus, you see the lions in the cage. You know, you say, How is a lion in how is a lion able to function amongst humans? Well, they have a handler who trains them and programs them to be able to operate in a session that's non threatening so to speak. Okay. So that's another um, definition. You look at it from a legal standpoint, not just the uh, zoologist standpoint. You have a handler is someone who knows an offender, criminal offender, civic or, you know, a criminal base. Someone who knows an offender very well and who is in a position to exert control over their actions. You know, one case example that many people understand is a parole officer. A parole officer basically, is a handler for people who are recently uh, released from incarceration, all right? They monitor and they control someone's activities to make sure that they operate properly as they have been programmed or quote-unquote, quote-unquote, rehabilitated, all right? A lot of cases, handlers could be, you know, parents, siblings, teachers, you know, friends or even spouses could be handlers, all right? Now, going back to it, defining artificial intelligence, all right, we have to understand it is defined as a machine's ability to perform cognitive, that means intellectual Functions as humans do, such as in perceiving, learning, reasoning, and solving problems. All right. Now, even if you study AI, you understand the objective and the future goals of artificial intelligence is to automate all complex Human activities. In other words, to take mechanical and programmed systems to be the automation for everything that's dealing with humanity. Basically, in essence, a handler. All right? Look at this here. There's something that God put upon me. And it's it's amazing when you study and the Holy Spirit begins to share various things. (laughs) Well, God gave me a good one (laughs) when you study human life. Um, Let me show this image here. All right. This is what's called Golem. If you can see that, okay. Golem. Hold up so you can screenshot it. This is good. All right. So, Golem basically is why am I talking about Golem? What is this thing? In Ashkenazi folklore, ancient Ashkenazi folklore, or I don't want to say the other words because I don't want algorithms to kind of put on this. But in a religious-based folklore, there was what was called a helper. This helper was like a clay sculpture and it was called Golem. It it, it was basically brought to life by quote-unquote magic. Or it was employed as a helper to this religious group of people, okay? Um, they happen to be quote unquote from an Abrahamic line. All right? So he repeats that. What is it is? It's an ancient creature, a creature from developed out of ancient folklore. <laughs> of an Abrahamic people. That was basically employed as a helper. It was an imaginary helper for the people. But what happened was, um, in the folklore, this thing called Golem would have a tendency to always turn against its masters or its owner. So, why am I talking about Golem and its ancient folklore? Why am I talking about this? Okay. Let me tell you, there is what's called now as of April of 2023, a Golem class of AI. It has emergent capabilities that the programmers did not program. This is a new discovery as of April, 2023. Four months ago, okay. So the term was coined in March 2023 by Silicon Valley engineers. There is a uh, what's I forget the name of the group, but it's, I think it's the Center for Humane or Justice amongst digital platforms. I can't remember the exact name, but the one of the people who is a director there is called his name is Azar Raskin. If you look at A Z A R A S K I N, you look at him, basically he's kind of there to kind of look at the ethics behind the production of digital platforms. All right. Well, they described this new emerging class of artificial intelligence as generative, large language, multimodal model. This is what they're developing in Silicon Valley. It is called Golem. They named it after this ancient folklore. So in essence, you have folklore of ancient times being now reintroduced into current society through artificial artificial intelligence means. Why is it so important? Well, the reason why this is so important and many people are sleeping upon this is that this new class of AI uses predictive algorithms to creatively generate new and original output, particularly in music, artwork, and poems. So in other words, You have programming that has been put into uh, intelligence, into computing systems and programming that now has its capacity to auto-generate creative material on its own without human interaction. Take pause on this. Think about all the songwriters that are out there in the world. Throughout time, you work hard. You, you search your soul. You you go into things. Think about the artists throughout time. They go in there, like Pablo, you know, you know, uh, Picasso. You look at people like even one of the earliest uh, developers of human medicine, Imhotep, You know, or who was they like considered one of the first architects in, you know, ancient history, all right, who precedes anything dealing with uh, Greco-Roman culture, all right, from Egypt. We have to understand that the human experience brings ingenuity that comes from the soul. Now what we do have now is computing system who's bringing new ingenuity into the earth that comes from programming that's auto-generating That's outpacing the programmer's knowledge. Why would they name it golem? Golem is the exact term of someone who's supposed to help, but turns against its helpers. In ancient culture, now we have technology named after the very same thing. This is a very precarious situation for humanity right now. So let's go into it, all right? Let's get further into it. Let's go into scene two. Last week, we talked about scene one of the dream that we had. And scene one, just in a quick review, let me just go through here. Um, (sighs) Praise God. Thank you for holding on with me with this. There was like great, we talked about in scene one of this dream I had from 25 years ago, there was great concentrated, you know, camps that were on college campuses. Hundreds of thousands at a time were represented in all manners, race, and creeds and culture. Might have even been millions, okay. And we talked about what those camps mean. You know, the fact that it was great concentrations of humans from all aspects of humanity, and they were on institutes of higher learning, which means that there was a certain programming going on upon the human population in concentrated form. These were not classrooms. They were just all out. In open green spaces with very large pools. Okay, that was scene one. So you got to go back to listen to the lecture from last week to understand more about that scene one. Now let's go to scene two of this dream that I had. In this dream, scene two, there were men who, in this dream, who looked like hotel bellmen. Like if you look, go to the very you know lavish hotels like the Astoria, you know, or various hotels of that scale, you will see that the bellmen, they were very dressed. You know, they have uniforms, uh, very, very polished, very eclectic in in their attire. And what happens is they were given martial authority over everybody. What is martial? We know that usually when you have a natural disaster, like Hurricane Andrew, what happened is, you have the national guard that will come out that will be deployed to help bring order amongst chaos martial law authority martial law authority so what happens is they as these hotel bellmen they were giving like you know martial law style authority over everybody but it wasn't it wasn't militant it wasn't like controlling you look at The holocaust and what happened in the times of the holocaust how there was a militant sense of control over the people where there was fear being brought forth you know you look at shadow slavery with the colonizers there was a sense of martial law when those uh slips ships crossed the transatlantic landed on american shores and you have martial law for everybody who was enslaved okay it wasn't like that it was something that it seemed to be eclectic and preferred, okay. Uh, these men, as I looked into it, they were um, very void of a soul. They had like no emotion. They had like no affection. They weren't happy. They weren't sad. They were just there, just to do a job, okay. Now, what happens is when I look closer, without in the stream, these men had what were surgical procedures done on their heads. Um, each one of their right eyes had a red ring around it, which demonstrated they, were, they had a medical, it was like some medically or digitally installed device that came out of their head. When you look at a lot of um, warfare that we deal with now, like military warfare and, and policing and stuff, you know, they have like the different head caps and the different things that they put over their eyes so they can see at night or whatsoever, night vision whatsoever. So it was something along those lines, but it was only on one side, okay? Um, now, they were controlled, these bellmen were controlled by a universal intelligence source. So they were given instruction and they were given commands from a central source through this point of vision in their right eye, all right? they appeared to be uh, in charge of eradicating disturbances like they were they would they would make sure that there would be no protests they would make sure there's no disturbances or upheavals anybody who wanted to go against the grain of what they were doing you know they were to control that segment of people to make sure that they wouldn't cause disturbances to the peace so to speak and what happened was these hotel bellmen so to speak, you know, um, androids or sentience, as they look like, they were in control of food distribution. They were actually in control of public bathing because all these hundreds and thousands and even millions of people in these concentrated areas, you know, there, there had to be a process for public bathing and sanitation. Okay. So we have so many people, natural born humans, you know, there's things that have to occur along with bathing and sanitation and food consumption for the human race to kind of survive and be well. Go ahead. prophet.
1: You are going really fast. And so I think a part of what needs to be delved into a little bit more is the fact that when you had this dream, like the way you're describing it now, It's easy to picture these things, but you had this dream 20 years ago,
0: 25,
1: 25 years ago. So everything that is being described here, these were some of these technologies were not yet in place or they were only in movies. They were a thought in someone's imagination. But now we are seeing these things in the current day.
0: So what I'm saying is that, like I said, this dream from 25 years ago, as we've been showing on our um uh headliners and a lot of our inf- infomercials that we have on this is that this was something that was shared 25 years ago and god wants me to share it now and i'm giving to you something that was given to me 25 years ago so we could relate to how i was dealing with our lives now praise god so what we have to understand here is that god always shows what's going to happen in the earth well before it happens so that those who would have an ear to hear, they will listen and be able to understand, not to be consumed with such things as they come out. The point of what we're sharing here today is to understand that when God speaks, he speaks in mysteries, but we hear the help, and he gives interpretation of these mysteries. This was a total mystery to me 25 years ago. But as these decades have transpired, I began to see how these things relate, which gives me a red flag when certain things come up technologically or socially or culturally. So what happens is, what we have to understand here is that when we see advancements or societal things happening along a certain line, just don't jump and dive in. Discern and understand what God is saying. A lot of things that I may not agree with is not because of personal opinion, it's because of discernment through the Holy Spirit to let me know that don't let your soul be captured in these things. So that's why I share this with you today. Okay, all right. So look at this scene three of this. These uh, we had scene two. I'm gonna give you the third scene. People were lined up with no visible end to give get morsels of food. We remember what happened in the Great Depression? Well, we don't remember. We've seen images of because many of us aren't that old. Okay, but those who are living they could understand what that's about. You know, people are in line, you're given food rations, okay? And literally, people were taken in their bare state without clothing into public pools for mass bathing. I thought that was very strange, okay? Everybody had to walk in extremely straight lines, bare, going in to these pools so this is scene two and scene three of these dream of the dreams here i've been having for this so let's go into some um script go to second corinthians chapter 11 verse 13 through 15 i'll read this here second corinthians chapter 11 verses 13 through 15 It says, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ or into Messiah type individuals. And no marvel, Satan himself, is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his minister also transform as ministers of righteousness, okay, whose end shall be according to their works. So that's one passage here where we understand that there are things that appear to be righteous, there are things that appear to To be proper and in order. However, the Spirit of the Lord tells us that there are things who are there are things that are deceitful, and there are things that are false places of leadership that would transform themselves to appear somebody righteous. In other words, corruption masquerading around as something is good. Okay, so let's look at that in this passage. Let's go to another very profound in quote-unquote somewhat mysterious passage over the decades of my life, but the Lord has given me answers to it. So let's look at Revelation 13, verse 11 through 18. Revelation 13, it talks about three components. It talks about a dragon, and these are not literal things in the, in the message. These are kind of... Uh, Codes. So when we look at Revelation, we don't look at it literal. We look at it as the code, and God unlocks these codes. Number one, there was like a dragon. Then number two, there was what, a false prophet considered as a first beast, and then there was a second beast which considered as the um, the you know, the first beast is the false prophet, and the second beast is a, literally a beast, as it says. Okay, so the Lord has put in my spirit and he's let me understand this thing that this second beast represented here is digital golem. All right. Look here. Revelations 11 or 13 verse 11. Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, like a lamb. Hear this like a lamb. <laughs> okay. What is a lamb? but it spake like a dragon. So no, it looks kind and cuddly and sweet and wonderful, like a lamb, little cuddly lamb. Uh, you know, we're talking about even Christ being the lamb of God. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, we have to understand that the appearance of a lamb is to be a, the appearance of something safe.
1: Or harmless.
0: Or harmless. Or peaceful. But when it speaks, it speaks with the intensity of terror. A dragon doesn't speak in peaceful language, all right? Now verse 12, he exercises authority over the first beast in his presence when the two are together. And he makes the earth, look at this, and those who inhabit the earth worship the first beast, which is the false prophet, whose deadly wound was healed. At Verse 13, He performs great signs, look at this, awe-inspiring acts, even making fire fall from the sky to the earth right before people's eyes. And he deceives those who inhabit the earth into believing him because of the signs which were given to perform in the presence of the false prophet or the first beast, telling those who inhabit the earth to make an image of the beast who was wounded fatally by the sword and was come back to life. Verse 15. And he, look at this, look at this, look at this. And he is given power to give breath. Look at that. Power to give breath to the image of the beast. So that the image of the, so that the image, look at this, Understand these statements uh, that the image of the beast will even appear to speak and cause those who do not bow down and worship the image to be put to unalived. I don't want to say the other word. Verse 16, he compels all, the small and the great, the rich and the poor, the free men and the slaves, To be given a mark on the right hand and the forehead signifying allegiance to that beast and that no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has that mark either the name of the beast or the number of his name in verse 18 here it is wisdom let the person who has enough inside calculate the number of the beast For it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. (laughs) I get it. I, I hear you. I hear you. We have heard spooky things over the last 30 years, 40 years, about Revelation 13. Yeah, I get that. But we're not here to be spooky with you. We're here to share with you some basic, practical things as it relates to how God is sharing, you know, how to deal with our time and our age. Listen. These quote-unquote anointed leaders, these bellmen that were that they appeared as sentients, so to speak, um, they are anointed. The word for anointed means programmed. That's another word you use, programmed, to carry out activities for a certain age. Okay, so they were dressed. God says they were dressed in fine linen in order not to appear militant or fearful. Now, when you look at the term lamb, okay, lamb doesn't look fearful or intimidating or militant. So here God asks a clue that in these end times, you gotta understand that that which is there to snatch your soul is not gonna look dangerous to you. It's gonna look kind and caring and cuddly. All right? And here is another clue that God has given me for this dream and to relate as a clue for this era and this time. The image of the beast is projectionism. As we talked about last week, we have a thing that was called social media influencers. These are 100% AI influencers. They look so real. But however, it is projectionism. They are essentially programmed to look kind and caring and very sociable, like a lamb. But they are a projection of something more dark. Because they are leading people to bring obedience to what they are about. An influencer just means someone who is a handler. A handler wants to give humans the direction on how to act and how to live. The ability to project a life that is not real will be a controlling factor on the human soul. Everybody's on social media. Billions of people are on social media. Social media influencers have millions and millions and millions some to like 200 million followers.
1: Currently four billion out of eight billion people are on social media. Four
0: out of eight billion people are on social media 50 percent of the human population that's current. So we have to understand that that lamb sense of being socially endearing, caring, kind, cuddly is the projection. Of the beast. Even when we go back to the to the Golem figure, the Golem figure is supposed to be a helper to a Abrahamic peoples in folklore. Social media and different things on projected platforms, you never can know what's real from what's fake. But it seemed to be there to help give you identity or to help give you direction on what you can obtain or what you can have or what you need to be like. That's something that's very strong and happening. So let's go a little step further into this. I hope you are getting some out of it, you all. We have to understand, number six in numerology, we have to understand, they said the number of the beast being 666, okay? Well, if we look at the number six in numerology, now, this got really spooky. Remember, I remember the movies, Back in the day when they would tattoo the 666 or the barcode and you look, all, it was very spooky in those old Christian flicks. You know, uh, that was just, we understand the zeal, but it wasn't factual, okay? Understand that these things here are code. Six is, in, in numerology, guess what number six is associated with? It's associated with energy for love, Nurturing. (laughs) Service to others. Protection. Emotional healing and stability.
1: All the ways that the enemy tries to draw your, your soul in.
0: What does your soul want? Every soul wants to have love. They say love is love. Well, love is not love. God is love. When you take God out of the equation and say love is love, then you can program anything to be love.
1: That's good.
0: Okay? God is love. The divine creator is love. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So when you take the God out of love and say love is love, then you can program love to be any type of thing that could be nurturing servicing protecting healing and stabilizing that's how so many people are confused because they feel that social culture the norms to have protection and emotional healing we can program and infuse something in there to be loved which really if you look at the centerpiece of it Everything that wants a program to be love goes outside of what God designed love to be. God produced love, an agape love, so we can care for one another and be kind to one another, not to exclude one another. All throughout society, we see that cultures have a tendency to want to act superior to others, excluding people because they feel that they use you know, they can use whatever militant means they have to bring terror upon people for ultimate control and adoration and worship so that once you get outside of those, if you have something outside of that, heavy forced oppression, it feels like there's love going on or nurturing. But what is love if it doesn't support the nuclear family? God made Adam. Out of the dust of the earth. He created Eve out of the rib of Adam. They begat a son named, you know, <laughs> they begat natural sons by knowing one another as a unit. That's how, when you look at the procreation of humanity, it comes from a nuclear family.
1: I would say it comes from a God idea of family because hmm. nuclear family is a uh white supremacist concept.
0: Okay, a godlike family.
1: So it's a it's a God created family. God created family. The nuclear family is not quite that.
0: Thank you for that correction. I, I received that. All right. Now look at this. The number six, if you look at it in numerology being caring and energy for love, it brings it makes to uh, empathy to appear to let others get comfortable and letting down their guard. To be open and honest about their feelings allows it to understand and provide help that's needed. Now, what greater resource is there in the planet than something that lets you open up to give you, you it, your raw feelings? You look on these media platforms, you see people sharing the most intimate parts of their feelings all throughout every aspect of their human experience. So now once you release that information, then you put into a place that could be it could be programmed into an identity to project upon you. And this
1: is important to note because you are sharing your intimate soul with an inanimate object whose only goal is data
0: collection. <sighs> I'm not against social media. I'm, I'm not, but some things just gotta understand. There's some things that are reserved just for your human experience, one-on-one, not within a digital code generating resource gathering tool for someone that's a handler to human life, okay? (sighs) Numerology, number six, represents unconditional love that extends to all beings and allows it to speak up for those who don't have a voice. Remember that thing we said, the golem, being a helper? Well, what happens is when we take away what is called the Spirit of God, who is a helper to mankind. The Spirit of God is the true love of God that he brought through his son Christ that allowed people to be baptized and filled with his spirit so that it can help you through all the types of things you have to encounter in life. When you take God out of it, and use a digital platform or artificial style intelligence to give you that coddling that you want for your heart. That means you give your soul to something that is inanimate. One case example is a movie called Her, H-E-R. Where a man became in love with an artificial intelligence being. And he couldn't get out of it. He's so deeply in love and enamored. Six is a number that represents mutual relationships. That's fluent in love languages. You know, this is if you study numerology, you know, with a sound mind, you begin to see clues that unlock why certain things are said. Why would John use that number? Why would John be given that number way back then about a beast? <laughs> and a beast is not even a beast. It's not an animal. It's not something with blood and bones. The beast is something to be able to handle all of your heart's desires. The other thing about six, here's another aspect about six. When you look at it from a mathematical standpoint, six is the smallest number with a perfect power, which means it could be divided by one, by two, or by three. They say it's a perfect number. What the Lord is saying, when you put six at three times, you have six for the dragon, you have six for the false prophet, and you have six for the beast. That's what the number is, 666, because there's three entities coming together as a perfect power to bring the appear to have empathy for your entire human existence. That's why people would give worship. Worship means that you lend your soul to adore and to follow something that gives you instruction, prophet.
1: And it's a false perfection. Exactly. It's a false perfection. It's a, it's a perfect power that is false. When it's <sighs> False because it comes against the truth. And we know that we're currently living in a world where people have become so enamored with the perfection of the false, hence AI imagery. Right. It's the perfection, or how perfect can we get with something that is false?
0: And see, that's the thing here. You know, the trilogy, Dragon, False, Prophet, and Beast, known as, you know, Satan, the deceiver, the master deceiver, false prophet being a human component that gives programming and instruction, and the beast being the tool of that programmed instruction. So those are the three elements. Yes, technology is amoral, but when you have it in the hands of those who want to be a handler for your life, as we defined earlier. A handler is someone who tells the animals how to act. A human being is the animal species, okay? Now, what we're allowing is to allow, we're allowing digital platforms, code, and self-generating artificial intelligence to give direction on how, quote unquote, the animals, the humans are to act and be in society. In other words, like Prophet Shante said, Everything has become so polished that what is fake is outpacing reality. I'm sweating a little bit here. This is nerve, it's, 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 without the Holy Spirit, you're so lost. I thank God for a spirit to share these things with you. And I hope you grab it and study and just. I remember my very first lesson I learned. Well, study to show yourself approved unto God that at work we need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I think that's my first memory verse I learned. And from that day, I've been in trouble ever since. <laughs> Prophet.
1: And even, I would say, and even in a more practical way, because we do see this happening in real time, that the fake is starting to outpace reality. Even in something as simple as a message coming through your email, like I had, for example this week I had a message come through my email about someone wanting to do business with me. Right. And so as I began to converse back and forth with this person, I went and I looked up to see, is this a real person? Right. I went and I looked up to see, is this a real company? Because remember with AI, it is able to auto generate responses based on what questions you're asking so my final test for this person was hi let's get on zoom or google meet and let's have a physical face-to-face meeting about this business venture that you want to present and guess what the email stopped exactly because (laughs) because they they can they can fake certain things, right? AI can fake certain things up to a point right. at this at this venture. Mm-hmm. But if you try to give me an AI robot and have it come speak to me on Zoom, I'm going to be able at this point because that is not outpaced. I'm going to be able to tell that this is AI. Right. And so one of the things we want to encourage is for you to be discerning. Be discerning. Don't just go by images. Don't just go by pictures. At this point, you can't even just go by words. Be
0: discerning. This image I'm showing you here is another image of a total 100% AI-generated social influencer. His name is Liam. He's Japan's first male AI influencer. Here's another Here's another projection of him. One hundred percent digital. Here's another image of him. One hundred percent digital. So what happens is, or artificial. So another what we're having is that the human soul has become so lusting after being perfection. That now, since programming has seen that the human heart wants perfection in aspect, every aspect of life, want a perfect bank account, want a perfect appearance, want a perfect body shape, want a perfect, you know, uh, male or female, you know, uh, opposite encounter or whatever. So it sees these things. So it's able to collect the data and project it back into something that's false so that it can appear real to you. Alright? Um, one thing the Lord has really, and Prophet Shanti kind of really uh, beat me to it, but I thank God for good minds thinking alike is that raw, natural existence is being shunned in this society and what is false is being dangerously pursued. Oh, goodness! We have to understand that Case example, let me give you a couple of case examples that came to my, this is me talking. Look at that, Look at. let's look at hair. Let's go back to natural hair. Everybody has hair that comes from somebody else. Enjoy your own hair. And sometimes everybody spends all this effort on making your hair beautiful. Well, sometimes the most beautiful aspect of a human is when their hair is not kept, when they are in a raw state of existence. Because then you can see that real person without the polish. And then you can see the beauty of that real person. Like the thing that I admire is that, you know, when you wake up and you see your spouse, some of the most beautiful aspects of human life is to know that, as I told a couple that I was talking to yesterday, they've been married 57 years. I said that one of the most beautiful things, one of the most miraculous things in life is to have another human being love you and be with you through all. Amen. They've married 57 years. It's like I said, when you wake up in the morning, when you see that you know that spouse, that other, you know, that spouse of yours, and and they and they the first sound they make out of their mouth and that's maybe half sleep, that gentle sense of sound, you know, that sense of oh their eyes awakening, you're the first person that they experience in their life on that day. Someone who really cares and loves and and just really wants to embrace you with a hug or a kiss or something. AI cannot produce that. But we're running away from that because we want people to be single and be super beautiful and super this and that but not have what is real regularly in their life. Another example is that makeup. We have, not. The, I'm not an anti-makeup person. Use your makeup, please. Just go ahead. I'm not against it. But sometimes, the natural beauty of someone's face. I think, who did this thing? I think it was, what's the lady? Um, the country lady uh, that has the spices and Target and all that stuff.
1: Oh,
0: tar- uh, Tabitha Brown? Ta- yeah, Tabitha Brown. I think, if I'm not mistaken, she did something where she showed herself without makeup or whatsoever in her raw state and just how beautiful it was. And I know there's other, I'm like, celebrity figures who are showing themselves without all the polish. And what happens is there is a real sense of, a real sense of just like joy to see that person exhale. Mm -hmm. And you can see their heart and see how much they want to feel loved as a person without all the polish. Another example is the abs. You know, we want that GQ or Men's Health or Women's Health 12-pack. <laughs> okay, that's you. You you have to live on an extreme in order to have a life to have a look like that.
1: Or you can, or people use body paint.
0: Or people use body <laughs> paint. But those who do it, that those who do it to enormous inanimate amount of exercise and dietary restrictions. That's not moderation for your life and, and it actually could be very miserable and I learned from some bodybuilders who have won first place is very dangerous. The other one I looked at is glutes the whole world is designing how to train glutes and how to work the glutes all right there's more to someone than their glutes
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: oh there's more to someone than their glutes you know one of my um, peer one of my you know colleagues was talking about... The level of, I guess, what do you call it, straight as I would call it, that people are doing to make themselves look and appear a certain way through the clothing and straps and whatever, it's just like that's bondage. Mm-hmm. And now, what we want is human like figures that are not even human, mm-hmm. that are projection image, the image of the beast. Remember, and he gets empowered to give breath to the image of the beast. AI now has what's called Golem generative large language multimodal model systems which appears that they are generating things that are living and breathing. That's what the appearances is now. So now we have these things that are quote unquote designed or marketed to be as a help to you, is really there to be as a controller and the handler of your life. So you have to understand, in this dream God gave me 25 years ago, when I see all these different things happening and people jumping onto it, different programs, and want to make themselves look in all kinds of ways that is not their natural way of being or looking, understand what people are doing. They're trying to capture and snatch and invade your soul and project what they want you to be rather than what you are designed as the true and living God has made you to be. So on that, I exhale. I will close and I will turn it over to Prophet Shante to give us some closing remarks. This was very heavy, but thank you for listening today and God bless. So beauty. Oh, look at this. <laughs> beauty, Beast. Beauty, entertainment, artificial, science, technology. Oh, that's good. Uh, Take it on over. Pass the mic.
1: That the enemy wants to use.